And thanks again for being with us for the Twins Wrap. Dick Bramer, I'm Derek Hansen, again brought to you by Jefferson Lines. And Dick, back home, does your family, do they recognize you after these long trips? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was a long one, but it was made a little bit shorter with how well the team played. But, uh, yeah, the week-and-a-half long ones are – are tough on everybody, the players uh, in particular, but uh, man alive, it was a really good road trip. Uh, they left uh, the, the uh, started on the road trip with a nine and a half game lead and it grew to 10 and a half while they were gone. And so this, this team is remarkable as it is. They just keep on rolling. You know, you've, you're a native Minnesotan, lived here all your life, and you know how people can get bonkers over football. And, and uh, I really think it's amazing as someone who, you know, takes phone calls about sports for a living, how when you have a Kyle Rudolph Sega and Stefan Diggs doesn't go to a, 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 a OTA or whatever, everyone's still talking about the Twins. That is the dominant topic right now. People love this team. Well, and they should because they are uh, right now among the best teams uh, in the major leagues. And, and I remember um, back in 1987 when it looked like the magic number was, uh, well, it was going down at least by one every night. And uh, the Twins preparing rather uh, spontaneously for a playoff run decided to open up uh, the ticket lines uh, for potential playoff tickets. This would have been, oh, like the second Saturday in September, something like that. And the phone systems back then, now 1987, the phone systems, many of them in the five-state area were shut down with the demand, uh, the, the call demand starting at nine o'clock on that Saturday morning. So we know the interest is there. And we also know that, you know, the last eight, nine years have been largely disappointing for twins fans, but, uh, you know, this has really been fun to watch and fun to be a part of. Yeah, it really has. What do you think is different? Just the fact that they hit home runs that they can explode at will. I mean, are we just the Minnesota mindset that we like to see scoring like this? Do you think? Well, uh, certainly that's been the headline grabber, the amount of home runs and the variety of home run hitters. But there's, you know, some sense, too, that this is not to this degree, maybe, but this is kind of what we expected this team to do last year. And you can't perform, you can't win games when, you know, Twins last year at this time were without their starting catcher, Jason Castro, without their starting shortstop, Jorge Polanco. Brian Dozier was having a very disappointing year. They were without Byron Buxton in center field. And so, you know, we're enjoying this to be sure, but there's some level of, uh, you know, disappointment, I guess, that that it wasn't better than it was last year at this time because we knew that Kepler had potential. We knew Polanco, Buxton, Rosario, Barrios, all these guys had the potential. That core group of of twins drafted and developed players uh, was still going to lead the way and we haven't even mentioned Sano, and he's just looks like he's starting to pick some things up too. So, yeah, it's it's been remarkable, and it's it's fair to say I think that this is kind of what we were hoping we would have last year when they are, were coming off an 85 win season in 2017. You mentioned Byron Bucks, and I think we talked we've talked about him at various times. But man. Talk about a player, right? I mean, he is unbelievable what he can do in every aspect of the game. And the fact that he's just kind of focusing on hitting the ball as hard as he can, I think has made him just a better player. Well, until he got uh, gets to two strikes. And then we saw in Detroit what a phenomenal athlete he is. He had two strikes, just wanted to put the ball in play. He went right off the end of the bat, right in front of the center fielder. 
and he got a double out of it. Yeah. And I, there's not another player that I've seen, whether with the Twins or an opponent, there's not another player that I've seen who could have done what he did. We, we know about the prowess in the outfield, the fearlessness when he crashes into the, the fence. We've seen the power. And now, you know, what he can do on the bases uh, separates not only him, but I think this Twins team from a lot of other uh, really good teams out there. I don't think the, the Astros have a player like that. I, I know the Yankees don't have a player like that. So if you want to afford yourself the luxury of looking forward to a potential playoff run for the Twins, Byron Buxton, if he stays healthy, Byron Buxton can be one of the most electric players in October. We have been pretty spoiled in Minnesota, haven't we? Having guys with gold glove potential like, uh, well, not potential, they won a lot of them with Kirby Puckett, Torrey Hunter, and now Buxton. It's amazing. We just kind of, I don't know what it is about certain organizations that just have that certain player at one position, but the Twins certainly you could say that was center fielder. Yeah, we've had some pretty good players out there, and they've uh, played so well on the other side of the ball. But there's one other thing that should be pointed out, and Chip Scoggins wrote a, a really nice column in today's Star Tribune about Buxton. The guy doesn't have a thousand at bats yet. Wow! You know we've seen so much progress this year, and we've heard some. You know, and that's what happens when you hear about a player years before they get to the big leagues. When they do get there, it seems like they've been there longer than they actually have. And last year we know was a lost season for him, but he's still uh, on the on the short side of his one thousandth major league at bat. And how good is this Twins lineup? He's been very productive, and he's buried ninth in the lineup because, you know, who are you going to move down there? You know, that's how balanced this lineup has been. Boy, that certainly is a nice spot for him, isn't it, though? I mean, the fact that he's not going to be a, a patient guy at the plate per se, if he can be just a free swinger at the ninth spot when that lineup turns over later in the game, it's it's the, it's nice to see him there and then whoever they want to put in the first spot, whether it be Kepler or Polanco or whatever. I would love to be Max Kepler or Jorge Polanco and be hitting up there with Byron on the base, uh, any base really, because he is such a distracting player out there. You know, we're, I'm distracted as a play by play guy, but can you imagine being on the mound with that speed at first, second or third base? Um, it, it's, it's, it's got to benefit the hitters that follow him uh, when he's on the bases because he is so, he, he captivates so much focus from the fans and from the participants on the field as well. Let's talk a little bit about the other side. Jake Orderizzi, he is maybe, you know, we talk so much about the home runs, but to me, he should be one of the biggest stories of this organization right now. This is amazing what he's doing. There isn't anybody in the game, American League or National League, who's doing any better than Jake Odorizzi. And people around baseball probably are well aware of the Twins right now because of all the home run hitting. What they are not aware of that they should be aware of is how great this guy has been. He gave up a run against the Tigers because he walked the leadoff man on five pitches and they worked him around to, to score a run. Uh, in, in six of his prior seven starts, he hadn't given up a run. It's, it's the, 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 the type of dominance. We, we didn't even see that here in the Johan Santana days. That's how good he's been. And he's had his season numbers, as good as they are, are a little warped because he had that terrible outing in Philadelphia when it was, whatever it was, 37 degrees, and he couldn't feel the baseball in his hand, and he didn't get out of the first inning. You take those that start and the numbers attached to it out of there, 
And it's just been incredible what he's been able to do this year on the mound. There was so much made last week about the fact that the uh, the Twins didn't pick up Craig, uh, Craig Kimball, and we talked about that a little bit last week. You know whether or not they'll go and get a reliever, and we had a conversation last night on my show about whether or not they should pick up another starting pitcher. And you know it's an interesting case. You got a guy like Jake Cave who is probably good enough to play on what twenty, if not more, of the other teams in Major League Baseball. It's got to be an interesting situation here for Derek Felvey and Thad Levine to think about that. But do you trust these starters, four starters? I, I do, but I don't know what other fans or what you might think of that. Well, uh, for one thing, if you do get to the playoffs, you're only going to need four of them. Right. Uh, so now you've got Barrios, you've got Perez, you've got Odorizzi, and you've got Gibson right now. That, I think, would stand up okay against the teams that you might be playing in the playoffs. Now, all that said, you know the Twins are in a position, they're, they're in a great spot because they've got a big lead, and, and they can look long-term right now, um, which is why I think, you know, one of the reasons they brought up Devin Smeltzer, they wanted to get a look at him. They had a comfortable lead. Let's bring him up, see what we've got, and then see whether, you know, he is composed and effective, and he certainly was. So, okay, you've got him in AAA. You've got, as you mentioned, Jake Cave. There are other trade pieces down there in Rochester. In the case of Jake Cave, uh, he, he, if he came up with the Cleveland Indians right now, he would immediately be their best outfield. That's how good he is. He's a good hitter and there's no room for him here. So there are some trade pieces with the twins that I suspect will be moved before the trade deadline at the end of July. You mentioned Smeltzer and I brought this up and he's been a reliever before. Let's say that if this is a big enough lead where they can experiment with things in August or whatever, because the trade deadline now is July 31st, right? We don't have the August cushion that we used to have in Major League Baseball with the waiver wire deals. Could he be a guy that if you can trust him to come in in some of those middle innings of key games, you know, maybe that's a situation where he could work out in the majors that way. Well, I, I think that's definitely on the table or could be on the table. Uh, you know, if, 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 if Butterfly's nerves were going to overwhelm him, it would have overwhelmed him in his first major league start. And what did he do? Six shutout innings, right? Mm-hmm. Against a really good Brewer lineup. That was incredible to see. And that bodes well for him down the road, whether it be out of the bullpen or not. He did pitch out of the bullpen uh, when he was acquired by the Twins last year wanted to be a starting pitcher and the results have been great. He, he zoomed through double a, you know, in what six starts and then, uh, been three or four starts at triple a got his big league call up. So, yeah, I think there are a lot of things that are on the table here with some of these guys. Um, the twins at the major league level are obviously very good, but they've got depth that this organization has not seen in a long, long time. And Smeltzer is a big part of that. There's, uh, you know, certainly I'm sure this team likes to be at home here for the next uh, nine games or whatever, but there's something about being on the road. There's some teams that really bond well together on the road. Did you see that with this club? It just seems like they have a good mixture and, and they've been playing well on the road too. Yeah, one thing that's really been encouraging has been their play and their attitude on the road. They've had some weird things happen to them on the road in terms of bad weather, scheduling, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, I mean, how often does a team get rained out in Anaheim, right? <laughs> and so, you know, the attitude seems to be, you know, shrug of the shoulders and, you know, whatever, let's just go play. Well, that's that's going to uh, serve them very well in, in the, you know, dog days of the summer when 
Maybe they have lost a few games in a row. Uh, they, this is kind of hard to quantify, I know, but it's one thing for a team to be good, and it's quite another, Derek, if when they know that they're good. We saw it in Cleveland you know, three years ago when they won their first division title and they got into the playoffs, and they, they were good, but they knew they were good. And that confidence gets you through the rough times, gets you through the rough stretches on the road, whether it's you know on a 10-game road trip in 11 days. Uh, so, yeah, this, this has been, a, in addition to being a good bunch, it's been a pretty resilient bunch. I got to ask you about Nelson Cruz. He certainly seems like a guy that could play till he's 50 for crying out loud, but boy, what he brings as far as personality and leadership, it seems like he's second to none. You know, Jack Sunday and I talk about this a bit. He's always hugging players. He's going up and he's like the first cheerleader for guys when they get to the dugout. I mean, he's been a great pickup, maybe one of the best pickups for the, from this off season. Yeah. For those of us who've gotten to know him a little bit over the years uh, playing for the other teams, uh, what we've seen is exactly the impression that he gave us when he was playing for the Mariners and the Orioles and the Rangers. He's he's a very you know uh, uh, positive guy, very friendly, uh, but he has his routine and he sticks to it. And and you know he's he in that sense he is a great mentor for the younger guys. And in particular, I think he will be because they really haven't spent too much time together. He will be a great mentor for Miguel Sano. You know, when when Sano when Cruz is at the plate, if Sano isn't at the railing watching his at bats and what he tries to do, and the the power, the home runs to the opposite field, the give yourself up and just fight it off and hit it to right field and get a you know four hopper you know through the shift or whatever. If Sano doesn't watch that and take something from that. Well, then he's never going to be the player that he's projected to be. But I think he has done that already. And I think we'll see Sano continue to improve the more he's around uh, and in the clubhouse with uh, Nelson Cruz. And I'm sure he'll be anxious to play Seattle because he didn't get to play Seattle at Safeco or whatever they call it now, right? Yeah, T-Mobile Park is what they call it now. But you're right, he had the wrist injury. And again, I think that you know the Twins had the luxury of taking their time with him. We were told he'd be ready. And then every day it was, yeah, he's almost there, he's almost there, he's almost there. Well, just look where he's at now. Now they finally have activated him, and he's homered in four straight games. And that wrist was given the opportunity to have some extra time to heal, and now he's swinging the bat as well as he ever has. Speaking of nice guys in the game, before we focus on the games coming up at Target Field, boy, I'm sure you're heartbroken as much as anyone. It's scary with David Ortiz, right? I, my first year covering the Twins was 2002, and he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Never forgot me, even when he became the superstar that he was in Boston. Yeah, you know, you talk about ambassadors for the game, and you were talking about center fielders before, but we've, you know, we've been blessed in this organization to have some great ambassadors for the game, and while he, you know, became more known after he left the Twins to go to the Red Sox, you know, David's always been that type of guy. And, and, you know, whenever I would see him in Boston or here, you know, he always greeted me with a smile and a hug and asked about my family and all that. So yeah, the latest report I've gotten is that he, the doctors expect him to make a full recovery. And I find it interesting uh, that the Red Sox were as proactive as they could be with us. And they got him out of the Dominican Republic as quickly as they could to get him better care here. And, you know, on a much smaller scale, you know, that's what happened with Miguel Sano and his, 
you know, in his laceration he had, you know, above his heel uh, back in February, he had the medical attention he thought he needed at the time in the Dominican Republic. It didn't go well, and that really set him back here. So I really applaud the Red Sox for taking the initiative to get him to the United States where he would get even better medical care. Yeah, no doubt. Target Field back at it tonight. Should be a really festive week coming up for the next nine games, right? You got, I'm sure everyone's anxious to see them back home. School's out most everywhere, and we have the big Joe Maurer weekend this weekend. This should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's um, going to be nice because, as you say, the fans have responded to this team. Uh, the TV ratings have you know gone through the roof this year, uh, and you know the fans are engaged with this team. We know that. Now they'll have an opportunity. Hopefully the weather will cooperate starting tonight. you got Seattle coming to town, and then this weekend it's going to be nice. I just got a, an email uh, a little while ago that in addition to all the former teammates that are flying in from all over the country for, for Joe's weekend having his number retired, uh, Johnny Bench is going to come this weekend uh, to share in the festivities with uh, uh, Joe Maurer, uh, maybe the you know two greatest living catchers of all time. So, yeah, this will be a really fun weekend. Uh, Joe's former teammates are flying in from all over starting tomorrow already uh, for what should be a really fun homestand. That's great. Johnny Bench uh, stopping Minneapolis, heading up here for the Roger Maris. That's a, that's a great thing to hear, so that'll be a lot of fun. Very nice. Thanks so much, Dick. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday. All right. You got it, Derek. Dick Bramer and the Twins wrap each and every Tuesday, starting at 545 during the drive time news, brought to you by Jefferson Lines, your number one bus experience for over 100 years, serving North Dakota and cities through the Midwest. Derek Hansen with you. That wraps up Couch Potato Radio, the Twins pregame show, coming up shortly, 630 right here on your home for Twins baseball, 94.1 FM here in the FM metro area. And throughout the upper Midwest on the Triple Towers of Power, the mighty 790 News Radio KFGO.